we're going to address over the next five weeks five specific challenges that we face in our spiritual growth. And today we're going to begin with a big one, okay, the issue of sin. It's tough because I'm going to encourage you at first, okay, then I'm going to discourage you, <laughs> and then we we'll come back and encourage you again. All through the scriptures, that is my prayer, all right? Um, this message is a bit tough for me as a preacher. On the one hand, like I want you to be sure of your salvation. And the Bible tells us that we can be sure of our salvation. And on the other hand, my heart just hurts for the scores of people that I know that are in churches um, who, who take so flippantly things like salvation and holiness and Christian witness and things like these. Uh, they're never really sure of their salvation. Or really anything else, honestly, that regards things spiritual. Because they seem to want more of heaven than they do of Jesus. People seem to want more of freedom than they do of godliness or holiness. Um, And seem to want more of what this world has to offer than they do of what God has to offer, save salvation itself. But I made an assumption in these messages, and typically in all of my preaching, that probably won't surprise you, that that you want to experience God's best for your life. That the people here uh, want to grow spiritually, want to have confidence in their salvation today and the day when you cross over from this life to the next life. Not just then, but now too. And that you want to honor God in this life that he has given you. And and we think these messages are going to help you in all of these areas of life, okay? So let me start by giving you an encouragement regarding your salvation. Well, for some of you, this will be review, but review you should, okay? Um, It might seem academic to you, but I can assure you that it's critically important. Let me help you understand this transaction that takes place at salvation, All of us have sinned, the Bible tells us, right? And we know from the scriptures that it is sin that separates us from God. Could be a little sin, could be a lot of sin. (laughs) Could be socially acceptable sin or socially hated sin. Could be public sin. Could be private sin. But anything short of God's holiness is sin, And God offers us salvation from sin in the form of Jesus' death on a cross. So when we accept Jesus' death as a payment for our sin, then there's a transaction that takes place that we should note if we have not already, or we should remember if we have. Paul describes it this way in 2 Corinthians 5, verse 21. God made him, Jesus who had no sin, to be sin for us, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. That is the transaction described. And when it takes place, God declares us forgiven, or free from the penalty of our sin, and he gives us a new nature. And the transaction is complete, period. However, 
while we are forgiven, this new nature that God gives us, that we possess, this new nature has to grow into the likeness of God to reflect His holiness, and that is the major part of our spiritual growth. God plants the seed of this new nature. He puts His Spirit inside of us, but it's not instant maturity. It is a growing process. When we talk about spiritual growth, that's what we're talking about in this case. Now, there are a lot of things that stunt our spiritual growth, things that keep us from uh, experiencing or expressing our new nature as a Christian, things we possess, uh, this new nature that we possess that, that keep us from um, growing, right? And we're going to address some prominent ones in this series, but the main one, okay, the greatest inhibitor of all of our spiritual growth is sin, and that's why we're starting out with that one. Now, the battle that we are engaged in the battle of the flesh versus the spirit that we talked about two weeks ago, it is a battle for supremacy, okay? It is a battle for um, priority, a battle for control. It's a battle for victory in our life. And in this battle, which we so desperately need, God's grace to grow, right? Sin clogs the flow of grace in our life, which in turn slows our spiritual growth. Okay? It has to be removed, not just once when the transaction takes place, but over and over and over again because we continue to sin. And if it's left unresolved and undealt with, it, it blocks the flow of grace in our life, which blocks the spiritual growth in our lives. Now, the irony of, of spiritual, maybe you've found the same thing. The irony of my spiritual growth has been, um, like the more I grow spiritually, the more uh, I understand just how unlike God I am, <laughs> right? Um, as we grow, we become more like Him. And yet the clearer I see Him, God Himself, Jesus His Son, when we're growing, um, the more that we see that He is holy, and I continue to struggle with sin. Okay? So here's an encouragement for you. To struggle is good. To struggle is good. Um, to stall out. To give up. To give in. To just quit. That's not good. <laughs> to struggle is good. The Bible promises that we will have a life of struggling to stretch ahead to grow spiritually, to become more like God. So let's look at two different types of sin struggles that, that slow or stall our spiritual growth. Okay, one of them you might think is fairly obvious, the first one, and that's unconfessed sin. Okay, maybe you felt this before. You remember when you were young when you play hide-and-seek? Right? The goal of hide-and-seek is to like cover yourself in darkness. <laughs> Right, to make yourself invisible, to hide so well that no one can find you. Um, some people try this with God. Adam and Eve tried. Remember in the garden, after they sinned, it says they hid from God? Well, God knew where they were, but he asked them, where are you? And they said, well, we're hiding from you. Because we were naked, and God said, who told you you were naked? Right? The effect of sin, the reality in their lives. 
But we do this one an- with one another when we sin. And we pretend to hide that sin so that no one knows our, 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 quite, our, 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 quote, dark secrets, right? We mask our hearts in our lives so that no one can see them. Or sometimes we just harden our heart so that no one can penetrate it, including God, we seem to think. Right? In the book of 1 John, we read this in verses 5 through 7, chapter 1. This is the message we've heard from him and declare to you, God is light. In him there is no darkness at all. If we claim to have fellowship with him and yet walk in the darkness, we lie and do not live out the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus, his son, purifies us from all sin. God says if you want to play hide and seek, if you want to hide in the dark, if you will, don't worry, we're not going to run into each other there. <laughs> okay? I don't hang out in the dark. However, if you walk in the light of my presence, God says, the blood of Jesus will keep on cleansing you from your sin as you struggle. Now, I bring this up to remind us that just because sin is not acknowledged by you or confessed by you, does not mean that it is unknown to God. God knows our sin. He knows our actions. He knows our heart. He knows our attitude. He knows our spirit. He knows all these things. But because of the transaction um, that took place that I talked about earlier, your acceptance of Jesus, um, your eternal destiny is determined, meaning you have made a choice for Jesus when you accepted him unless you walk away from him. However, and this is the huge however, that's like the elephant in the room of spiritual growth, your earthly intimacy with God is hindered and your spiritual growth is interrupted when you don't acknowledge and repent of your sin. It's broken fellowship with God. I think David gives us the best picture of this in Psalm 32. I want you to turn there with me. It's on page 549 in that Bible in the chair in front of you. In Psalm 32... We have a picture of David who has sinned, and he's playing hide and seek. (laughs) He's trying to cover up his sin and and keep it to himself. And he knew what he needed to do, just like you know what you need to do. But he refused to do it, just like perhaps sometimes we do as well. And as a result, um, his intimacy with God was gone. And his growth with God was gone was stalled. Look at Psalm 32. Pick up with me in verse 3. He says, when I kept silent, my bones wasted away through my groaning all day long. Okay? You sense the, the knowledge of, of what is going on that he has, but he's refusing to deal with it. Okay? He refuses to admit his sin, and he's talking about that inward agony that's going on inside of him, a, a darkness that seems to threaten to engulf him. Back in verse 4, he says, For day and night your hand was heavy on me. Conviction. Think Holy Spirit, unconfessed sin had led to um, divine disapproval. And even as he sat there with his unconfessed sin, what he knew for sure was that he and God were not good. He says, My strength was sapped 
as in, the, as in the heat of day. Think spiritually lifeless, stalled out spiritually, no growth happening. And then in verse 5, that key word, he says, then, like it all changed. Then I acknowledged my sin to you and did not cover up my iniquity. I said, I will confess my transgressions to the Lord and you forgave the guilt of my sin. Notice that when the, when the cover-up was over, when he confessed his sin, that the freedom or the release um, was immediate. On the other side of that, have you, have you felt and have you experienced the truth of the words of John in 1 John 1, 7 that we read? If we walk in the light, as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. And the blood of Jesus, his son, purifies us from all sin. Okay? When we walk in the light, we don't lose fellowship with God, right? When we walk in the light, we don't miss out on the fullness of life that God has planned for us and that God has promised to us when we walk in fellowship with Him. Back in July of 2012, in Salt Lake City, Utah, a man named Val Patterson died, okay? There are people that die every day. The unique part about him was he decided to pen the words of his obituary before he died. And in that obituary, he penned a, a confession of what he would call in it a lifetime of lies. He said, um, this is 2012, he says, As it turns out, I am the guy who stole the safe from the Motorview Drive-In in July of 1971. He'd carried that around for 41 years. He said, I could have left that unsaid, but I wanted to get it off my chest. Okay? Probably didn't help him at that point, I don't suppose. Okay? Now, that wasn't his only secret. He, was a, he, was, he had a Ph.D. from the University of Utah, and he'd had it for decades. But in his obituary, he said, well, really, I never even had enough college credits to get my undergraduate degree, but when I went to pay off a bill one day in the school's office, uh, they got their paperwork messed up, and so they sent me a Ph.D. diploma in the mail. He said, I never even learned what the letters Ph.D. meant, but I had one, or so you thought, for all my life. <laughs> he says, and the list of shenanigans went on. He said, about that really mean park ranger that I met when I was a youth, he said, yes, I did fill that geyser with rocks. <laughs> he also claimed that he'd been banned for life from Disneyland. And from SeaWorld San Diego, though he didn't elaborate on why he'd been banned from those. And his wife, Marianne, who'd been his wife for 33 years, verified that everything he said was indeed true. That's a lot of stuff to get off your chest. It's a lot of weight to carry through your life. We picked up in Psalm 32 at verse 3 when David is confessing. Go back to verse 1 and look at the contrast. David said in Psalm 32, verses 1 and 2, Blessed is the one whose transgressions are forgiven, whose sins are covered. Blessed is the one whose sin the Lord does not count against them, and in whose spirit there is no deceit. Listen, it's no small comfort to come to your end of your journey in this life and know that your sins are forgiven. That they are not screaming at you from the corridors of life as your life is coming to a close. They're not chasing you from this world into the next, but
But even better, how much better that you wouldn't waste a day of this life plagued by the guilt of unconfessed sin that stalls out our spiritual growth. Confess your sin. Embrace God's grace and His forgiveness and grow spiritually by responding to God even when you've been disobedient. That's the amazing part of His grace. Now, let me address one other um, sin-related barrier to our spiritual growth, and perhaps this one is a much bigger one. I've called it unresolved sin. Unresolved sin. By unresolved sin, I'm talking about the habits, um, the flirtations, the compromises, the relationships, and the patterns of our life that we maintain. The connections that, 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 keep our, that we keep in our lives that, that distract us. The things that drain our attention from spiritual things and the things that keep us hovering around the sin line. Okay? There's this line, on this side is the righteousness of God and on this side is disobedience and sin. And so much of our life is lived like right on the line because of the acquaintances and the patterns and the habits and the things we do in life that keep us ever so close, but feeling okay because we've not crossed the line, if you will, in our life. Picture it like God explains it to Cain in Genesis chapter 4, verse 7. God says to Cain, Sin is crouching at your door. It desires to have you, but you must rule over it. Now, we might spend the majority of our lives on the correct side of this sin line, but why is it that we refuse to walk away from it altogether? Just in case we want to return? Just in case we keep it close? We live in a proximity to sin that draws our attention and it drains our energy and we keep it there because we might want to return someday or we might feel like we need to return someday. And and really when we do that, isn't it because we plan to return someday? Like are there unresolved issues in your life? I've labeled this point unresolved sin. I think it could just as easily be called unresolved lordship. Peter remind us in each of these messages in first second Peter chapter 1 verse 3 God's divine power has given us everything we need for a godly life but God allows us to choose whether or not we access that power and those resources whether or not we sever our ties with the sinful things of this world or people of this world that draw us in that direction and hold us back uh, spiritually. God, God allows us to choose whether or not we resolve this lordship issue in our lives. And as a result, whether or not we fully experience the life that God has planned for us. It has a lot to do with our choices. So you and I constantly face choices that have spiritual consequences right and and we get to choose do we choose the solution in god 
Or we, do we choose the solution and what the Bible calls our old nature or our old self? You know what the right choice is, just like David did in Psalm 32. But your emotions or your passions or your feelings keep suggesting that you choose the way of self and the way of instant gratification instead of the way of life, even though we know those things bring in our lives sin and death. Okay? It shows that the lordship issue is unresolved in our lives. God says to you, I love you. Right? I am with you. Um, I want to see you come closer to me. I want you to experience my joy. I want you to experience my peace. I want to give you a new heart and a new spirit. I want you to speak with my mouth. I want you to see with my eyes. I want you to hear with my ears. I want you to touch with my hands. I want you to experience life to the fullest. All that is mine is yours, but you have to trust me. And you have to let me be your God, your Lord. This is the voice to listen to. But that listening requires a real choice. (laughs) Not just a once in a while choice, but an every moment of every day and every night choice. So we read in the book of Hebrews, chapter 12, beginning in verse 1, Therefore, since we're surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of faith. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinners so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. Listen, you can only have one Lord. You can only serve one master. Paul puts it this way in Romans chapter 6. He says, don't you know that when you offer yourselves to someone as obedient slaves, you are slaves of the one you obey, whether you are slaves to sin, which leads to death, or to obedience, which leads to righteousness. Listen, sin is going to minimally slow us down and eventually stall us out in our life in our faith because sin captures the heart and if you have unconfessed sin or unresolved sin you are going to stall out spiritually it prevents us um, minimally from running well and sometimes maybe you've observed certainly i have observed sometimes it keeps us from even finishing the course so consumed so distracted that ultimately we just check out now so i hope you're encouraged by thinking of the transaction (laughs) what took place on the cross that god actually sent jesus to die for all those sins that stall us out spiritually and that detour us and all of those things that brought us salvation okay and i and i assume um, that you struggle with sin okay the bible makes that pretty clear it might be unconfessed sin okay it might be unresolved lordship and maybe the truth is, when we think about the struggle we're in, we get a bit discouraged spiritually in things. And that's okay. Um, it's difficult to battle. It's difficult to grow that new nature that started out as just a seed in us 
that grows over our lifetime. Okay? But let me encourage you to take a step towards lordship. Okay? Or to, if you're, if you're there, to just recommit to this posturing or positioning of our life and our heart toward lordship. And I want to encourage you with a, like, what a simple step it can be. This is the beautiful part with God. Like, we can be in a distant land feeding pigs, like the prodigal son. We can be hunkered down in our own dark place like David was in Psalm 32. But God has resourced us with everything we need to grow spiritually. And sometimes all it takes is just a step, a step out of the darkness, a step back toward God. Um, and while growth is a process, right, moving back into a place of right relationship with God is often just a simple step. John puts it this way in John chapter 1, 1 John 1, verses 8 and 9. He said, if we claim to be without sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. But if we confess our sin, acknowledge it, don't ignore it, or keep it close just in case, but if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. Okay, so hear me well today. The beautiful part about the forgiveness of God, about keeping your account current with God by confessing your sin and dealing with your sin and continuing the struggle, the beautiful part is that when we acknowledge it, not only is forgiveness applied to our eternal account, but it's also replied, applied to our relational account with God so that you have peace with God knowing that there's nothing standing between you and him. And that's what allows us to move forward and to grow spiritually. And I know, like, this is heavy stuff, right? <laughs> it's heavy stuff. And, and the Bible gives it that kind of credence. Um, why don't you lighten your load? Lighten your load by letting God remove your sin. Okay? If you've never um, confessed him, if you've never given your life to him, if you've never asked him to be your Lord and your Savior, well, you could unload a lot today <laughs> before you get to that obituary that you have to write in the newspaper <laughs> that says, oops, <laughs> here's all the ways I messed up. If you're just hovering around that sin line, would you move away from it today? Like, take a real spiritual growth step. And if there's just things you need to release to God, to confess, would you do that today? I'm going to pray, and then we're going to sing. And if you want to accept Jesus, or you want to have someone pray with you about one of these issues in your life, then you meet us in the back as we sing in just a moment. Let's pray together. Uh, Father God, you are um, amazing in your grace for us. You have given us so much in this life um, that allows us to be free spiritually, that allows us to grow into the likeness of your son, Jesus. You have made the path clear, but you can't walk it for us. And so we ask for your strength and your courage, and your grace as we walk it with you and make steps in your direction. We pray in Jesus' name.